0: and we have on the line from dear South Africa, Rob Hutchinson. Rob, how are you doing?
1: Very well, and yourself, Benji?
0: I'm doing very well, thank you. Now, you've brought us another hot one this week. You don't like to keep it relaxed when you're talking about legislation. (laughs) Draft policy on the conservation and ecological sustainable use of elephant, lion, rhino, and leopard. What is that all about?
1: Yeah, that's, well, that's, it's a mouthful and it, and it should be quite an important area of, of our policy making and it encompasses how we should look after, how we should trade, how we should, uh, place conservation efforts and I think mostly likely more around a trading of, of the big five species. And it's, it has raised a bit of controversy within, within the sector, especially around the uh, illegal poaching side and um, the problems that the sector generally has. And there are conflicts between the, the various sectors as well. You have lion, lion, uh, people, uh, have different concerns to those of, of rhino conservationists and different concerns to, to leopard and, and ivory trade. So it's a policy that tries to encompass all of these, these matters, regulate the industry and try and protect and create a sustainable uh, biodiversity. It's all based around a, um, uh, UN United Nations related uh, agreements. That was it's a regulatory framework that was proposed by United Nations called CITES and it's the local adoption of that to to certain to certain extents, but it does raise um a number of problems, which have been uh, well. I've been actually been chatting to several several groups from from different sectors, and uh, the problem we face with this policy is that it's seems to want to uh, take a blanket approach to to conservation in general. However, each sector has very specific needs and often they seem to be conflict with with each other. So it's going to require a bit of work. It was, uh, the policy was formed after Minister Creasy established what's called a high-level panel to um, address this issue and try and localise it. But again, we think they've, it's been a very selective uh, panel that's been, it's been put together here, and a lot of the uh, sector-specific experts have been left out of this. And so therefore, we've seen a, a blanket approach taken here. So it's it's an opportunity for the different sector players to uh, have their say in how conservation, how trading, and um, rehabilitating certain environments should should be carried out and legislated and yes yeah, it's, it's it's quite an interesting document, rather comprehensive, but it does um Highlight like the issue that we have of poaching, um, especially in the rhino trade and the lion bone trade as well. Uh, and it brings it all, all to the frontier and tries to solve, solve the problems.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine, Rob, that there are uh, differences. You know, people do worry about, for example, I suppose, canned lion hunting, whereas I don't think anyone's canned rhino hunting, for example. Uh, so I, I imagine that this is something that, that, that would have to be different between between the two of them, for just one example.
1: Definitely, definitely. And that's where the major conflict seems to come come into play here. Um, mm-hmm. On the lion bone trade, you'd actually, you wanted to stop completely because it involves killing the animals and, um, you know, the... The conservation areas aren't set out correctly, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you breed lions? And you, you can't really that they're there for the culling and for the killing and for the hunting. Whereas on uh, did I say rhinos or lions? Lions. Whereas on the rhino side, it's it's very different. they poached for their horns, which do regrow, so you can to a certain extent. Um, I want to use farming, but you can't use farming because it's they have to be kept in a in a rather large place. But there are conflicts there within it. So the the lion the lion side and there's a great organisation called Bloodlines, and they've also noticed that certain definitions were still very vague. At, at definitions such as what is a sanctuary, and um, it's very unclear. There. A sanctuary for a lion is very different to a sanctuary for for a for a rhino. So we need to clear up those, those kind of, um, misconceptions or loose definitions to make them more relevant.
0: So, so the concerns, the concerns you might say, Rob, uh, uh, uh the lion's share of the concerns are around, uh, around those sorts of issues. What about elephants and leopards? Where are the concerns there?
1: Exactly the same. Uh, elephant environment is is very different to to a, a leopard's environment. And In fact, you can keep leopards along with uh, other animals, and they so they work in a, in a very uh, harmonious s- situation. But you can't keep lions with with other with other animals. The so lions have to be in their own their own state. And elephants, um, you can cultivate and and uh, farm them. But then they have to be monitored and, and, uh, taken care of so they don't ins- destroy the environment, which elephants are, are really prone to on, on a large scale. And there again, it's all about protecting the, the ivory trade, uh, for, for elephants. And there are some issues around, around leopards as well. Again, now, do we not, completely have, different. Do not
0: have a policy at all on this? Or is it just like an update of, of where we are? Because at some point we had banned completely ivory and then we unbanned it and, and of course you, you say we sign on to society. So where actually is our policy environment at the moment when it comes to these issues?
1: Well, it's, it's, we don't actually know. There's so many different pieces of, of legislation that's, that cover all, all of wildlife. And the big problem, problem here we have in South Africa is that it varies per province. So you have a national legislation which takes care of certain issues, but then each provincial each province has their own set of regulations in how to, how to adopt that. And so if you travel from one, one province to another province, some things you might, you do in conservation might be legal. Uh, some, some reserves stretch over two, two borders and cross borders. So it's, it's a real uh, problem there with uh, sort of fragmented legislation across the country. So we need to bring it all together. And that's, I think what this document is, is trying to do is put that overall blanket approach, with the guideline of the uh, UN CITES agreements.
0: And we are a signature to CITES. I, I think we have been for some time.
1: Yes, yes, we are. In certain certain aspects, we are not going to submit certain things to to CITES, which are also proposed in in this document. Um, there seems to be some disagreement with, with CITES. However, CITES does seem to be the, the overarching guidance on, on this here. Again, it's a, it's a drafted document. So, um, it's, it's open for, for public comment that people can, and I encourage them to actually have a, a read through this document. It's rather interesting. So,
0: so once again, Rob, I always like to talk about the process because obviously it can be very complicated. So how far along in, in, in this particular process are we? This is a draft. Then what does it become? How, how would this, how would this work if, if, if it eventually gets to a piece of legislation?
1: Yes, what this is, is it's the high-level panel's report. So the high-level panel was established to uh, try and consolidate all these, these laws and then bring in, bring in a, a new policy, and then they produced this report from which the uh, regulations will probably be drafted around, around the laws that are mentioned in here, all the different pieces of, of legislation. Then from that, it will go out for public comment once again, and then... Uh, go go through another few minor changes and then be adopted into, into legislation or uh, regulations drafted from that and applied to, to certain uh, regulations. But this is the starting point of a new set of regulations which govern, govern the whole sector.
0: So this really is a very good time if you want to get in your views on conservation in South Africa and you have a view on Lions, leopards, rhinos, or, uh, elephants to, to, to put your input in now so that it can be incorporated later
1: on. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the foundation for uh, legislation and for the regulations that apply to it. So creating a good foundation definitely creates good, good laws and a great environment where everyone can agree in.
0: Yeah. You can always tell what people are going to be arguing about if you listen to our segment in the show because. People were moaning deeply about ARTO uh, all of a sudden, now that it's sort of being signed into law. Perhaps they should have uh, commented when they had the chance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. It was quite a long uh, comment period on on ARTO. We went through several amendments and amendment bills. The latest one was the ARTO amendment bill, which was almost a complete rewrite of, of the ARTO Act and brought in... Uh, the different legislation on on how they can issue fines, what is a fine, and of course the points demerit system. So, government has announced that that uh, the rollout of auto will commence on the date that they said they would, which is first of July, but it in a, in a phased approach, as as we knew it would be in a phased approach. Interestingly. Um, the thing about Arta is it's been, it's been operational in two municipalities for, well, I'd say close on, in fact, over 10 years already. And that's in the, um, city of Joburg and Ekuruleni. It's, it's operational there. And there's been plenty of time to test it and to see if it can actually be, be brought out. But now the, the rollout will be a rather interesting, uh, operation as well. And quite honestly, if, um, the, like you were saying earlier on, the taxi associations, and so are now protesting against it. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how people wake up too late. It's it's incredibly hard or difficult to undo legislation or uh, recall legislation once it's once it's been signed in, and the the comment period is is the opportunity to amend these laws in, in the way that you'd like to see them go before they're implemented. So. Yeah, the, oh, the, yeah. the
0: other thing that I wanted to ask about into when you're talking about comment, is that like, if I get another message telling me to to poppy-certify <laughs> my WhatsApp group, I think I'm going to break my phone. And well, you know, From your perspective, where should people be getting information about how to deal with that particular act, which also had a lot of comment uh, around it?
1: Oh, definitely. We've got a bit of information. We actually put together a booklet on on our website, which is freely available. It's just a guide on what to expect with Poppy and what you need to, to enact. Um, but every situation there is, is different, and the rules are, are different for uh, every single company will have a unique approach to it, depending on how you handle data. But there are certain guidelines and certain stipulations, like the appointment of an information officer, which is, has to be done by, by every company and it can be anyone. You just have to register them with the information regulator and, and get that done. But there's a lot of confusion over, over, poppy and how it will be enacted and most, most likely how it will be enforced. So I think the whole poppy legislation will need to be tested through the courts first before we, as you have to do with any, any new legislation. Um, but yeah, we have certain guides and, and so on that can help us along this along this process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, go go read whatever is on Dear South Africa, make sure you understand exactly what you need to do for poppy, and then do not send me another message telling me <laughs> that my hot same group.
1: Yeah, it's to be a certified person. You know, the, the amazing thing is, because we've all been getting thousands of notifications, whether it's email or, or anything else, the amazing thing is that um, it's the perfect opportunity now for For phishing scammers to put out information, click here to update your details on our database. So please be aware of what's a real poppy notification and what is a phishing notification disguised as a poppy notification. My honest opinion is just delete that because you're not going to be able to tell the difference anymore. Well,
0: there you go. Just a giant unsubscribe session. Rob, we're not going to be unsubscribing from you because we'll chat to you
1: again next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, Venti. Have a wonderful week further.